Well, I guess we're live. We lost Howie somehow. Somehow he was tweeting during the debate, so he he had confirmed life as a couple hours as of a couple hours ago. Uh, he has faded away, but nevertheless, we persist. Much like Elizabeth Warren, nevertheless, we persist in doing these dem to great dem to great recaps. We're off to a great start because I've been drinking because I had no choice. Uh, I'm joined with, of course. Well, why don't we start with our special guest? We have a very special guest here. She's she's. <laughs> It's been a long night, folks. Jess Mears from the Libertarian Party. What is your official title, Jess? Membership manager, is that correct? I am the membership manager. All right. Are you going to have that job title by the the time this airs, do you think? We'll see. (laughs) Preview. I've had like a few different titles, so it changes rapidly. I more meant any title, like will you get fired, but we'll see. There's plenty of time (laughs) to figure that out later. Uh, And also the host of Felony Friday, my compatriot in Liberty, John Odermatt. Hi. He, well, he's 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 given up already. I think he doesn't hear me. <laughs> Odie, we're talking to you. Everyone's talking to you. And now he's gone. <laughs> the two of us. Ah, well, hey, Jess, how's it going? Hey, so can we talk about like the big takeaway moments, like the things that everybody's going to be talking about? What's going to end up on SNL? Okay. Moments you know what? You took the most diligent notes and did the most diligent uh, Snapchat filtering of the candidates mm-hmm. all throughout the debate. So while we wait to find out if Howie is alive at all and while we see if Odie comes back, why don't you just start talking about all these things? You have a lot in your mind. All right. I think um, so the moment between Bernie and Biden and Warren when Warren was like, I'd like to thank President Obama, just kind of like throwing some complete shade at Biden. I think that moment is really going to um, be pretty prominent in the next few days, especially on SNL. When did Obama become like the scapegoat? That that seems to have become a thing mm-hmm. over the, the last few debates where they will all throw shade on Biden in a some weird way to transparently like throw shade on, or they're throwing shade on Obama in order to sort of throw shade on Bi- Biden with this sort of presumption that a lot of Democrats sort of know that they're against a lot of what Obama did. Is that what I, the, yeah, like the weird undertone like that I, I said to get? For, there's hero worship for Barack Obama. Like they're, they're he's, he's there completely in adoration of Obama. So the only way to attack Obama is through, is via Biden, essentially. I don't think they want to attack Barack Obama. No, well, I, I don't really know what I'm saying. I'm I'm trying to figure out these tech issues as well. Odie is back. My gosh. Oh, I have to make it. I have to, we have. I might lose <laughs> the record because I have to make him the host again. You have to make hold me on. a host. Yep. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um, make host again, which I th- may or may not interrupt this recording. So we are talking about takeaway moments from this debate that are going to be prominent in media that are going to be dominating the conversation in the next few days. What do you think they were? Yes, Jess has taken over as host of the show, <laughs> which is fine because I don't want anything to do with it. This was um, this so was a long night. What will be? What will the media be prominent? Prominently be talking about office in the next couple of days? Um, same thing we always talk about: the impeachment of Donald Trump, and uh, it's probably about it. Well, that was about the, the first thirty minutes of this. <laughs> Can we just stop calling them debates now? Can we just finally give give that term up? Because it's obviously not anything relating to this. Is not the Soho Forum, my friends. This is not. These are not like real debates. Uh, how awesome would it be if Gene Epstein moderated one of these, though? That'd be amazing. Well, it's it's interesting to say that because like a couple of I know Buttigieg said it a couple of times, but I feel like a couple other candidates said it too, where they like they'll you know get their time to speak and say, "All right, we got we got to calm down. We can't can't keep going after each other." I feel like nobody was, this was like the least contentious debate by far, at least from what I remember. I don't know. I don't really remember the other debates too well. But The only real contentious moment to me uh, sort of came when Tulsi had her her very short time to shine when she went off about foreign policy and basically took her moment to call out everyone from other Democratic candidates to Trump to CNN, the whole shebang. And uh, kind of went, to me, she seemed like she was going after Warren the most. Because to be honest, Warren is the front runner. Uh, even if Biden is considered the national front runner, still, I'm not even sure if that's true. But Warren definitely is in uh, in Iowa, and I think she is the real, the legitimate front runner at the moment. And my thoughts just blew everyone's mind. Thank you. So I I definitely agree that um, Tulsi did try to take a moment to go on the offensive with Warren multiple times by asking about her abilities to lead as commander in chief. 
And it seemed to me a little bit like Tulsi kind of knew that this was possibly her last debate. And she seemed a little shaky tonight. And I don't think she really ever got a solid footing until the very final, final question. I'm shocked that Elizabeth Warren didn't seize on the, the whole thing about commander in chief to pivot to a native American reference. I mean, how did she miss that? <laughs> how did she miss that opportunity? As, as someone with native American heritage, I think I am most qualified to be a chief of any kind. That's what I would have said. Real right? You have real native American heritage or no, that was my, Elizabeth that was Warren. me be pretending to be Elizabeth Warren. What she should have said. <laughs> If I seem a little distracted, it's because I'm worried that Howie's dead. But every time I've worried that <laughs> in my life, he hasn't been. So it's probably it's just fine. passed out. Actually, with you one time, and I was worried that Howie. Yeah, was no, dead. see, this is what I wasn't worried that time because I definitely knew. Yeah. He wasn't there. If you've ever hung out with Howie, you've been, worried, you've been worried that he's dead. Yeah. So if you don't, if you've never worried of Howie's been dead, you've never you've never even hung out with Howie one time, let alone our friends <laughs> at all. The only time I've hung out with Howie, I worried if he was dead. See, it's just what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, we i'd rather tell howie stories for an hour than talk about this debate to be honest with you i was just and maybe jess will have the best insights because she, i don't know have oh, you I watched all the debates well, i took, took notes, notes yeah. first of I all which watched, i did as well but no i didn't watch the third debate because tulsi and marianne were not in it and mm. so i had very like less interest in in the candidates that were being presented yeah, it, it did really suck once again not having marianne on stage you know just missing that whole that whole vibe, that nothing energy. About energy, yes. nothing about crystals. Yeah. That was very disappointing. To it's me. a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys notice one one thing? I noticed the new phrase that I'm just starting to hear now. That some some are using and some are not. Uh, when they talk about Medicare for all, some of them now say Medicare for all who want it, and some I think it's about half seem to accept that term, and the other half are like. No, that just who wanted that just means Medicare for the rich. That one kind, so like half of them are essentially against private insurance existing at all, and half are just you know fine with some kind of amalgamation. Hey, there was a little ownership. debate on that, right? Between it's, I mean, it's only Warren and Bernie that uh, they want the mandatory government health care, right? It's I think everybody else. Maybe I'm wrong. You might be. Everybody right. else seems to want at least. When I say uh, half, realize I'm not doing math at all. <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Well, one of the things we got to see in this debate on the Medicare for All discussion was the candidates kind of turn onto Warren. And that's where we, we were, a lot of analysts really weren't sure if Elizabeth Warren was the clear front runner prior to this debate. But I think coming out of it, it's very, very clear. Elizabeth Warren is right now the front runner. And mm-hmm. so candidates were kind of attacking her between Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg they were really trying to get her to commit to, are you going to raise taxes on the middle class? And she really wouldn't say it. She said that taxes would go up on corporations. And of course we know that taxes on corporations are just taxes on the poor and the middle class. And so um, taxes on everyone. Um, So it raises the cost of um, consumables and, so they were they were really trying to pivot to get her to say that her, with her plans, taxes would go up. And really, it was just like the more she talked, the more she was talking about spending money and spending money and spending money. It was just constant, like free stuff coming out of her mouth the entire night. Yeah, she said this one thing, uh, like you mentioned, she said, she said basically, I think this might be when she was talking about healthcare. She said costs will go up for, costs are going to go up for corporations and for rich people, but not for the middle class or the workers. Like, who does she think works for corporations? Who does she think uses the products of corporations? It's not like the, the, these people are just going to absorb the, that those costs. The costs go somewhere. And who does it go to? It goes to the middle class and the workers and the people that it affects most at the ground level. And I, I often wonder this when I hear people like Elizabeth Warren talk because she's clearly intelligent she's clearly a smart person uh doesn't make mean she's a wise person but she is a smart person I, and i wonder do do people like her actually believe what they're saying because to me it seems so against any sort of normal logic or you know, for someone that's at least supposedly intelligent mm-hmm. um and that has achieved such high levels as she had as a harvard professor or what have you can she actually be, believe the things that she is saying with this kind of disconnect or is it just pure political you know political propaganda and she's you know like it's hard to it's hard to me to see her as a master manipulator. She didn't even seem to believe in her plans. She's just making promises right now because I don't know, she 
she wants to and she thinks that's what's going to get her votes and um maybe it'll work for her we'll see how things play out yeah i mean it always and just like jess was saying i mean it's obvious to anyone obviously all libertarians listening out there understand that any taxes you know corporations don't pay taxes consumers pay taxes and even to to a farther extent like it's it's like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders have some belief that, and Bernie will even say like, we're going to tax uh, Wall Street speculation just to like, we're just going to tax this little piece here and it's only going to affect these bastards that are making money. That's but the worst Bernie I've heard of, of any of the lines of Liberty House, but I still enjoyed it just so you know. Hey, you know, it's, I don't do this for the It brought me joy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't, they can't be thinking this through. Like, I, I don't, in a rational world, which we don't live in a rational world, um, they can't be logically thinking this through. So I, I don't know if they're just purely evil or if they get so, they're so surrounded by people who are thinking the same thing and saying the same thing that they just never like take that time to really venture to the, you know, really try to understand what the policies would do and the, uh, understand the unintended consequences of them. I, I don't know. It's kind of mind-blowing when you really start to think about it. Can we take a time out to appreciate Odie's new hairstyle that I haven't uh, seen in is, this manner? Is, is it new? Not, well, I don't know. It's it's usually a hell part, but now it's more of like a, almost like a gelled back. I, I got a little, little bit shorter, a little bit shorter this time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Between that and the Bernie impression, you're like you're winning on style points tonight. I was going for the for the Rico look, you know, Rico with the spiked hair that we saw the one time. That was a great a great yeah. moment. This is why you got to join the Lions of Liberty Pride, so you can get these video live streams. We'll we'll release this to the to the actual public. This this uh, this drunken Democratic debate recap uh, probably on Thursday. But the Pride gets it live, and they get the video, and then you get to see these these, these amazing hairstyles of the Lions of Liberty. Really, can we talk about my Snapchat? Yes, I would I would sure. prefer to only talk about your Snapchat for the rest of the show if we can. Okay. So during this debate, I was it's it was three hours. It felt like it was five like hours three hours and twelve minutes. It was out of control. It was it was insane. And I was kind of just like I for some reason I got on Snapchat today. My friend sent me a Snapchat. And so I paid my taxes today and I gave the government $7,000. Paid your taxes in October. Look at you. I know. I filed an extension. So I had to pay. And I paid hold, hold that money as long as you can. Yeah. Right. And so I, today was like taxes were due. And so I paid my taxes. And since I had just opened up Snapchat, I thought like, oh, I will tell my Snapchat friends that I paid my taxes because it's kind of like oh, $7,000 is a lot of money to give the government at one time. And yeah. um, I did a lot of money to do anything, something I want to do with it. Let alone yeah, it I, mean, I, <laughs> I thought about all the vacations I can go on with that $7,000. Anyways. So I did a Snapchat and then while I was on the debate, Snapchat was on my mind watching the debates. And so I did some, um, Snapchat videos of the candidates. And she took notes. Was, this is impressive. It's amazing. It was can you amazing. play them through the Zoom chat? Is that possible? I wonder if we can if I can share my screen. You can. There is a feature. Oh, okay. If there was ever a reason to be on our Patreon. Do you want me to pick my favorites? Yeah, do sure. You gotta do. Okay. Whatever keeps us from actually talking about the debate is is gets my support. But what about my copious notes, Mark? Oh my god, you are really impressive. Holy shit. <laughs> I was, I was my awesome. notes are like seven words and the last three are kill me now i took really good notes last time but i was actually <laughs> during this debate i was toweling or prepping to towel a shower so i was you know working with some uh are you start trying to say the word tile tile okay tile? it sounded like you said prepping to towel a shower i'm like, gonna line the shower tile. with towels what is this <laughs> is this what the kids are doing nowadays we can't eventually, afford towels, I, so now we just use towels in to make the shower. eventually i will use a towel i've, I've had like three beers and for some reason i'm oh, slurring my words something's already. happening something's happening jess is sharing and are we seeing something okay i'm, um, I'm seeing something tell me if it plays the audio i think it right. should yeah i think it there's something should. you have to click to make it play the audio but we'll, we'll find out if you did that is your screen cracked or is that a... Right now, nothing's playing right now, right? Do we all agree on that? Right now, I have Frozen. You're trying to play it. Okay, something's playing. 
This is gonna make great audio for the uh, for the first. Oh, nice! All right, I, so I'm, I'm gonna describe this. I see Cory Booker as a clown, and it's, it's pretty damn hilarious. That was Cory Booker, right? That wasn't Brian McGlynn. Yeah. Let's make a turn. He's the only bald one, right? The internet, I think so. the internet bandwidth. <laughs> no, this is great. This is so much better than talking about the debate. Now we have Jess as a, as a clown with in the background. Yuliana, by the way, did they pronounce Julian Castro's name a third way? First it was Julian, then it was Julian, and now it's like Yulin. It's like they're pronouncing it different every time. Well, I don't have the Wi-Fi capacity for this. All right. So oh well. I think we got the point. You can post them, or you're not in the Lands Liberty Pride. Maybe you should send us two dollars and it won't let you in. Maybe we'll let you in since you're a a friend of the show. The, um, um, I did tweeting of Snapchat. You know how many times Jess Mears could join our Patreon if she didn't have to pay $7,000 to the government? <laughs> she could be the ba- biggest supporter of all time. Imagine if that went all to, to us instead. Instead, so no, the government has follow, uh Follow Jess Mears on Snapchat. Do people follow people on Snapchat? I'm not I, on I Snapchat. Think only, I think you only <laughs> follow <laughs> hookers on Snapchat. <laughs> how does it work? I'm pretty sure. So yes, I'll follow Jess Mears. Twitter. If you'd like to see my um, DNC debate, Snapchats, follow me at just for the number of Liberty. And I um, did a lot of <laughs> sweet snapping. And so there's great, there's like all the filters I used on as many candidates as possible. I'm very impressed that you both took very extensive notes, which I have visually seen with my eyes on video and also did all these video Snapchats at the same time. That's impressive. Yeah, I was trying to keep up with the debate. Right. So. We're still waiting on proof of life from Howie Snowden. He oh, must have definitely just asleep. Out. I would just he I thought just, yeah. he thought the debate was an hour shorter. I think because because I, I said something on Twitter about the debate being half over. He's like, wait a minute, when does this end? And then he said something about being almost out of beer, <laughs> which means he probably blazed <laughs> through whatever beer he had and then timed. He probably timed it just right to pass out at the end of the show. But unfortunately, when he thought the end of the show was was the beginning of the show. It's actually the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so jokes on the audience. Okay, so we had on our list of topics for this evening this libertarian moment. Yeah, in quotes, because that often doesn't happen. But I think I, well, what do you have? I had two moments that I kind of really thought shine through. One was when um, Castro said that uh, police violence is like also gun violence from something like that. Um, and, and, uh, reference a recent shooting of a woman in her home by a police mm-hmm. officer. Yep. And I thought that was something that, you know, libertarians could really applaud and um, agree with those comments from him. And also Tulsi Gabbard, when she was referencing automation and universal basic income, she said that humans receive, or the essence of what she was saying was that humans receive dignity from choice, from working, from being able to, provide for themselves and have jobs and careers. And um, so that was uh, kind of something that I think is a libertarian concept is that dignity comes from your means of production. And um, so that was voiced by Tulsi. She did sort of go on, or maybe that was before it to say like, well, UBI sounds like a good idea. So she's kind of like, she does say good things and then they're kind of, you know, I think her position is to fall back to sometimes not really, I guess respecting the the brilliance of some of the moments he does have. Sometimes there's a lot of a disconnect, I think, between her policies and some of the brilliant things, like you, sh- you just pointed out that she says. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I would say for me, aside from uh, Kamala Harris and her Rand Paul name drop, which was uh, surprising there at the end, as her I missed her that one. That, that might have been one of the many moments that I'd stop paying attention. It, but it was when they one. were going through like their most surprising friend or whatever the the last question recap that because i was snapchatting during that (laughs) um i don't remember everyone's friend uh, all i remember was andrew yang's butt trucker buddy fred (laughs) for some reason that's uh, (laughs) that's a good one that was one of the better ones it was a good one um but like three of them said john mccain obviously joe Joe biden not allowed to be like um, no i hate this bitch uh, Klobuchar and some, I think someone else said John McCain and Joe Biden, when he was recapping it, he was like, yeah, and, uh, John McCain, uh, we used to say to each other, I would say, yeah, there's uh, never been a war you didn't want to fight. And he'll say, yeah, Joe, there's never been a problem you didn't want to solve. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably not how that conversation 
went that, down. There's exactly. no way that conversation has had that happen. What about And who was it that Beto O'Rourke was in a car with? And they had like a. Um, they oh, is yeah, yeah, a uh, Republican congressman from uh, Texas. Yeah. Cory Booker had had dinner with vegan Cory Booker, which is like his new catchphrase as the only vegan on stage. Is like so he's going to be his T-shirt and his his dinner with the steak eating Ted Cruz. Okay, but that's a lie, actually, because I do oh. know for a fact that Tulsi Gabbard is a vegan. So Cory Booker oh. needs to check really? with his. Why didn't she uh, stick Canada. up for herself and say you're not the only one? Everybody's a vegan until their health fails, and then they have to eat some eggs. <laughs> Everybody's a vegan until they pass a Chick Fil A. <laughs> There's some. St- I don't know if this is true or not, but something like eighty or ninety percent of vegans when they're drunk eat meat. I don't know. That's what I heard. It sounds accurate. It sounds legit. Here at Lions of Liberty News, that passes as news. Anyway, uh, to finish the the question, is that a verifiable fact, Jess, that, that she's a vegan? Because I've never heard her say mention that at all. Or does she just she, not talk about it? Because she is a woman with grace, and she does not talk about her veganism all the time. Nothing but, to do with her politics. So why talk? But about I I do know this because um, I have friends. She spied on her and followed her around for several days. No, I have friends in New Hampshire that are um, going to her campaign events because um, there's a lot of free staters in New Hampshire that I'm friends with. And they, they, you know, they recognize that Tulsi Gabbard does have some libertarian leanings and want to see how she develops as a candidate. And that's one of these things I think is so cool about the early states like Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina. Um, recently, a state chair, Jake Porter, um, or a state leader, Jake Porter, I think he ran for governor of Iowa. He was talking with like somebody, like one of the presidential candidates was like on the plane with him or something. And just, it's really interesting how like these early states, libertarians can actually get influential in these campaigns by showing up at the events when there's maybe 30 people in the crowd Mm -hmm. asking libertarian questions. Like New Hampshire libertarians go to Tulsi events and ask like, would you free Ross? Like these are things that they get to hear the answers to because they just show up and go. So do you know if she has ever responded to that yeah, what's, question? What's her yes. answer there? Yeah, she she says she would pardon Ross. Really? Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Let's right. see if I can Google this. Do you think any other candidate besides her knows who Ross is? Like, who knows? Like, literally at all? Um, she says she would drop um, Assange's charges and pardon Edward Snowden. Yeah, I've heard that. I hadn't heard yeah, the last one. I think one. I knew that, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, and which the same thing for Chelsea Manning. Um, so let's see. If, well, I'm not going to try to confirm right now while we're on here. Well, if you could snap just to take notes, I don't see why you couldn't do Oh, ooh, she said it on Joe Rogan's show. Uh-huh. Really? Let's see. I I will say on her Joe Rogan appearance, she did go, she did go in depth on like the military industrial complex and Dwight Eisenhower's speech. And I was really impressed by how deep she went on that. Cause that, that is not the kind of stuff any normal politician would even fake talking about. Did they, did they look up Dwight Eisenhower's speech on Joe Rogan? I I think I've heard Jamie, Jamie, look up this speech. Jamie looked that up like (laughs) five times. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's of course that's a standard. And then they talked about DMT for 20 minutes. I wish. What if every candidate had to talk about had to do DMT and, and then talk about their experience as a, as part of a requirement for ranking? So president. let's talk about Beto O'Rourke then, because he used to be a hacker with a um, Beto O'Rourke's hacker group. Heard like, he also uh, used psych- to be a furry. Can we confirm sock monger or something? The only, furry? I heard that from only Howie, but that's enough for me. <laughs> okay, his hacking group was called Cult of the Dead Cow, and his handle was Psychedelic Warlord. There's no way Beto O'Rourke has not done... Then again, if you've done a ton of psychedelics, how could you ever... You know, I don't know. From what I hear about psychedelics on the internet, how could you ever wish violence upon people and want to go take their guns? But I guess the people like that just don't see that as violence. He's just not thinking it through. And I mean, just to go back to what Jess said about uh, Castro... The most, I think it was definitely the most libertarian moment of the debate, and it was like the best timing for it too. It was they were talking about gun confiscation, and the hosts are pushing back on Beto. Other candidates are pushing back on Beto. I think it was, uh, I, I think it was uh, Buttigieg and Beto going back and forth, 
And Castro comes in and says, like, we don't need another reason for cops to be going to people's houses. And he points out that that recent shooting. And it was, I mean, it had, I mean, you, it, it went out, I mean, the audience, I don't know if they, I, remember, I don't know if they applauded or not, but it had to go over well. I mean, it just was a perfect spot to put that in. This, this audience was kind of lame, I thought, throughout. They, they didn't pop at any, anything I would call a, a big moment that should be no. applauded, but, you know, they're not. Well, we can bring up that there were no disruptions. And in the first two debates I watched, um, I don't know if it was multiple nights, but Black Lives Matter activists did disrupt the debates. And so there were none this evening in the which town it was in Ohio. I heard they uh, I heard they stopped that from happening by not allowing black people into the debate. Is that true? Do you you know? (laughs) Wait, what did you guys ask a question? There was awkward silence there. Did you break up, Odie? No, I was reading a, I was reading a comment. Sorry, I, I made listening. a joke about the Democrats disallowing blacks from the debate, and everyone was silent. And then I nobody thought to myself, was, well, I laughed. guess I shouldn't have made that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Dave, Dave Smith gets weird with this stuff all the time. Are you trying to say I'm not as funny as Dave Smith? As all you have to do is put, just pipe in the laughter. Just pipe it in. I didn't sound Jewy enough when I said it. Is the pro- oh, now I said, oh, it's over. Yeah, right. you just got to. I'm being canceled. <laughs> Sure. Mark Claire is over. Mark Claire is canceled. So um, somebody just asked a question in our comments here oh, on the, uh, the Zoom uh, webinar thing. As someone who didn't watch the uh, debate, was Trump the clear winner of this one again? Three hours. I tried to bastards. reply to that and Zoom would not let me send a reply. Which is weird. Uh, I don't think Trump was the winner. Um, I just think it's really sad that looking at what we're going to be going into into 2020, Donald Trump, impeachment, likely Elizabeth Warren as the front runner. Um, that's the way it's looking right now. And who's going to win? It's definitely not America. <laughs> that sounds like you that's should be running for president, Jess. <laughs> I think Bill Weld has a good. Not you, America, unless you vote Jess. Bill Weld has a good chance to win now, right? He might at this point. <laughs> How much do you guys want to bet Bill Weld ends up the Libertarian Party nominee? I, I I mean Jesse, you can you can choose not to comment on this as the organization that you were, are employed by, but uh, I really see this as a possibility, or at least an I, attempt I, an attempt at it. I don't know who's going to win it right now, so it, it's up in the air. I, anybody could win it. Uh, so anyway, I, I heard something very interesting uh, as I was doing my diligent preparation for this this evening that the polls at this point in democratic primaries at this point in the game you have a 50 50 shot of predicting the front runner so we've got biden and bernie and and elizabeth warren as the front runners right now um biden has been really kind of shaky in the prior um debates where i i was concerned that this man's not going to make it into the following year he's between his eye filling up with blood. Um, but tonight I thought Joe Biden, I know it really happened though. Um, Joe Biden seemed much better tonight than I've seen him before. He did seem a little so, more spry than usual. I'll give him that. Yeah. And mentally too. And as far as when it came to numbers, he was reciting numbers that sounded logical rather than just like mistakes. Rather than saying in, in 19 dickety too. When I first yeah. supposed busing, he didn't talk about record players tonight. Um, so I, I, I do think that Biden ages himself sometimes too much because he's like, you know, back when we were voting for Supreme Court justices, you know, I supported Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Like, like that was like forty years ago. What is going on here? <laughs> Not mention these yeah. stats sometimes. <laughs> so Bernie just came back from having a heart attack. He just lost his daughter-in-law, who died within the past week. Oh, so wow. Bernie, I didn't know that. Yeah, so Bernie's been suffering a lot lately. Um, so I was kind of wanting to see if this was going to be like his final leap, his final lap. Um, and he seemed to be his usual self. He he was back to himself. Like, I, I don't think he, it was apparent that he had a heart attack. I, I don't no. think it was either. And that's not really surprising. Um, I mean, did he actually have a heart attack or did he just, did they catch it and then put stents in? I believe because he did have an actual heart attack, or at least they he? seemed to, they said that on the, on the one of the moderators did say okay. he came back from a heart attack. Cause I, I mean, I know that that surgery, if it's not like an actual heart attack that happens, if they catch it beforehand, that can be like, they do it and you're out of the hospital. Considered like a the mild heart day, attack, but, you know? Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I, I do agree that this was definitely Biden's best debate. He seemed with it. He didn't like it seemed like the last debates as the debates would go on. He would just, you know, every hour he would be more and more uh, confused and making bigger gaffes. But I, I don't know. I think he did pretty well. And I, I did. What do you guys think about this? Do you think there's a like a, not a coalition, but sort of like a truce between Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. Do you guys sense like they'll mention each other in their responses a little bit? Like, well, I think there's no doubt this in my personal opinion, Bernie is running in order to sell another book and then give his toss of support to Warren. That's what I think. What do you think, Jess? It definitely doesn't seem like they have a lot of animosity between each other. It's more they're trying to possibly gang up to take down Biden right I mean, now. They are playing for the same wing of the party, ultimately. So, I mean, I mean, their support isn't the same support as, say, a Biden or a booty judge or a, or a Harris. Uh, I think they're, they're both battling for that progressive wing, but they're not really battling each other. They're sort of battling it together. And then, I mean, one of them is going to fall and one of them is going to take that, I think. Although Bernie did have the comment recently, I, I forgot about this. It was not during the debate a couple of days ago where he called Elizabeth Warren a capitalist. I forgot about that. As, as an insult, to be so, clear. Yeah, as, as an insult, <laughs> as an insult, purely an insult. The way we call each other status. What a world. Yeah, basically. That's basically yeah. it. No, but we call each other status like friends too. So maybe it was kind of like that, you know? Like, oh, you fucking yeah, status, maybe. Howie. Howie, you want an asteroid, government asteroid protection program? What a status. I love it how he's not here to the So tonight we saw clearly, I think Elizabeth Warren had a really good showing. And when the other candidates tried to attack her, she kind of tried to hold her own, or at least it wasn't, it wasn't abysmal. She didn't get curb stomped like Tulsi did to Kamala (laughs) Harris, bringing her down forevermore. Um, But, uh, one thing we didn't hear about, and this is an issue I'm not fully up to speed on, is China and Hong Kong. I don't think that... Was I, I was shocked that Hong Kong yeah, and China was not mentioned once. I thought that would take up like 45 minutes of the debate asking about the NBA and free speech. I was absolutely floored that that was not brought up. I couldn't, I couldn't even believe that. And all the LeBron James stuff. I mean, LeBron James comes yeah, out pretty much. Right How does LeBron James not get brought up in the debate? Come on. <laughs> Middle America wants to hear about this shit. I don't know. I mean, do um, you? I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just my Facebook feed, but it seemed like my Facebook feed was just inflamed today with you know anti-LeBron James stuff based on his comments coming out. Maybe that's just libertarians that are upset about it. Maybe the rest of the world I doesn't can't believe give a how shit. he's doubled down on his co- stuff too. He's like he, he even said he's he doubled down and then in response to his own comment said, "Hey, the NBA, the NBA, and the players have had a tough week." I'm like, "You got a tough week? Are you are you guys serious?" Like. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. The, the, the disconnect is just unreal. Many people outside of Twitter sphere aren't exactly sure of the Hong Kong and China issue. And I know I'm, I'm certainly needing to get um, up to speed on it. I'm going to listen to Jen, the Libertarians podcast that she did on it. I think she Jen does a phenomenal wrap up of the news and providing a Libertarian perspective on issues. And She's Pete, that was not, if Pete's listening in the live chat, that's not, we're not, we're not only saying that because we know you're watching not that's not the only reason yeah so i'm really enjoying listening to jen's like weekly or bi-weekly podcast that she's been doing jen the libertarian is one of the other brave souls who has uh, done one of these d- debate recaps with us so we, we appreciate her as well we need you strong libertarian ladies out there to to comment our way through these things because lord knows we i mean but, we're dying here I, I this is the first one where i just really really felt demotivated to watch it no, this is not the first one. The last one was That's a lie. equally hard to watch. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's going to get worse, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. As, as some of our favorites are getting plucked off. Okay, so one of the things we had scheduled to talk about was candidates that are most likely not to make it to the next debate. I love and Jess hosting the show, by the way. It's my favorite thing. About <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm totally I'm fine with it. No sarcasm. I'm taking a break. <laughs> Co-producer badge. So the next debate is going to be November 20th. And um, the the candidates that are slotted right now that have qualified, there's eight of them. It's Biden, Booker, Buttigieg, Harris, Sanders, Steyer, Warren, and Yang. So we're waiting on Tulsi, Amy Klobuchar, Julian Castro, and Beto O'Rourke. They haven't made it yet. 
the criteria is 3% in four polls or 5% in two polls that are in New Hampshire, Iowa, Nevada, and South Carolina, and 165,000 unique donors. So my guess is Steyer is just pumping money to get the on the right polls because no one knows who he is. But did he like, only talk once tonight, or did I just miss you, every time? Are you kidding talk? me? I thought he would never get off my TV. We had totally different experiences. <laughs> really? Is this like when two people take a batch of mushrooms together and there's like two different, totally different things happen? I, I, I swear this guy was never off my TV, and he, he, he was kind like, of reminding me of like a, a cheerier, a cheery, nerdier, a cheerier, nerdier Bill Weld. Does anyone else get that? And was he was he wearing like some sort of uh, some tint on his face, or was that just my phone I was watching on? He was wearing he like a something. weird, like tannish tint. I don't know. It was it was Everyone odd. Was looking like different through my Snapchat filters. Was he wearing clown makeup, or was that just just a Snapchat <laughs> filter? I'm not sure. That was great. A little bit of both, maybe. Hey, uh, how about what a warmonger Pete Booty judges? By the way, yeah. I mean, it's Tulsi called him out on it. I, I know. I lo- that's one. That's my favorite. He squirmed or maybe, out of it. Maybe most libertarian moment, or uh, when, well, when Tulsi really had her whole rant about um, foreign policy, she said you know, she did two things right away, and I, w- I thought she was just going to say bring the troops home, and I was I was impressed that she went into more detail. She actually said end sanctions and went into a whole thing about how those are you know harm the people of the country and whatever, and I thought that was awesome. And then she went to uh, stop. She didn't just say bring troops home. She went. And started talking about stop supporting terrorist groups and describing the groups that we support as terrorist mm-hmm. groups and really getting into the weeds on stuff that arms. Yeah, supporting, mm-hmm. you know, sending them arms and all that stuff. So uh, I really like that. And I like that she specifically multiple times called out Elizabeth Warren. So she's clearly going after Warren as as in some ways the front runner and um, really calling her out. And Warren, really, boy, did has anyone ever danced around supporting war more than or more than Elizabeth Warren? She, she responded to Tulsi by saying, oh, well, first of all, we should absolutely get out of the Middle East and like does the pause for applause, which she didn't even get that big of applause because Democrats aren't really anti-war anymore. And then she's like, but... And then she moves into this whole thing attacking Donald Trump's foreign policy and how we have to stick around and we can't abandon our allies, yada, 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 goes into the exact same bullshit neocon rants you hear from everybody else. She just mm-hmm. does it in her stupid, you know, I'm a school teacher, librarian, whatever kind of way. And, you know, it doesn't sound as scary, but it's the same exact argument. So, I mean, really, I, and I like that Tulsi put her specifically on the spot because I, I, I can't really say I've heard her say much on foreign policy or nothing else that has really stood out to me a lot. And that really exposed her to me as, I mean, I already... No, she's a phony, but that exposed her as a true phony on that issue. What, what's yeah, the deal, though? Like when it, when it came back to Tulsi, to Tulsi, like she did that whole rant, then maybe it was the next question or like she was responding to someone else. And she was against Trump pulling out now, though, and deserting the Kurds, it sounded like. I was a little confused by that. It, maybe in just the that way sense. that he did it. I don't know. I think she was saying yes, the Kurds are getting fucked, but it's because of the entire foreign policy that goes back further than Trump. I don't, I didn't, I didn't get the uh, sense maybe, she was actually maybe. advocating against pulling. The thing is, we're not pulling them out of Syria. We're just moving them around a little bit, and yeah, whatever. But I, I didn't get that sense that she was actually saying you know, advocating for them to stay. And and nobody even commented on the fact that now the Kurds are aligned with Assad, who Assad is essentially bad. And the Kurds are yeah, my so Kurds, my Kurds. Now I know. we're supposed to support my Kurds with who are friends with Assad. This is so confusing. I don't, I don't um, understand. Like who? I think, I think Jess's shitty Wi-Fi is getting her caught under the undercurrent. So Jess, we'll, we'll concede the floor. Okay. Do you want to get into the um, New York Times smear article? I haven't read yeah. it, but I know the gist of it. Yeah, I do. I mean, I want. I don't. I don't want to. I want you to. I don't read any oh, articles. So. Yeah. Oh, so you want to set up a topic and then not yeah. be the one to detail it. Well, I didn't yeah. read the article either, but I do like that she brought it up. She brought up this article. It was New York Times. I think there was another one she referenced that basically painted her as a Russian agent, uh, yada, 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 mm-hmm. Assad toady. And she was just using it as the example to point out how the media and like mainstream organizations like the New York Times, like CNN, who she called out specifically while on their network, which I thought was awesome. That was awesome. Um, how they are despicable in their portrayal of her and her positions. Because she's anti-war, she's a Russian agent. I mean, that, that's, you know, I think that's, she's right to call them out on it. And as as not libertarian as she is on on so many other things, I can't help but still enjoy those small aspects and those moments of her when she does in some small way, not the same way, of course, remind me of Ron Paul, just the way that she is not afraid to call out the masters, so to speak, the people that are actually airing the debate. She's not afraid to attack them. 
I just want one of you guys talk. You needed a drink after that one. What, what are you drinking, by the way? Oh, what is we that? never talked about our drinks. I'm drinking. It's yeah. called a, it's actually a Scorpion Bowl IPA. Sad story of, of capitalism. Running Wait, you're drinking an IPA? I know. I don't, I don't normally like IPAs. Oh my God. I tried this one at my local liquor store. I liked it and I, I've gone with it. It's 7.5. So it's still pretty strong, but it, it, it tastes good. And sadly, uh, this was that I was going and like all the shelves were empty and uh, it turns out this liquor store they've been going to for a couple of years when I walk my dogs they like go inside because the owners has given them slim gyms and stuff so like you know, they have a place in my heart and um, yeah they're closing because their uh, place is being sold because not because of capitalism is a swerve it's really because of the new Ram Stadium that's being built um, which is as well it might be a result is I think that is actually better than is that welfare stadium welfare involved? No, there? it's the other way around. The whole area is just becoming so. This is the area I live in, but luckily I they have not raised my rent because uh, I have an awesome family that rent rents to me. But you know, businesses and that sort of thing, when their leases are coming up, the new lease is going to be three times as much or whatever because the land and the whole area is be, is becoming you know very expensive because it's right by what will be soon be the new stadium, the football stadium. So it's driving a lot of small businesses out. Um, but I believe the owner is paying for it largely himself. But let's be honest. The whole sports thing and all stadium things are all tied into the state and all these things. So, hey, where, where is the new Ram Stadium? Aren't About you still like in mile Venice and area? From my house? No, I live by. I live uh, in not in Inglewood. I live right next to Inglewood in the stadiums okay. in Inglewood. So it's about three. It's about a three mile bike ride from uh, where I live. Anyway, that's the story. I, about my I am drinking uh, <laughs> one of my favorite beers, Victory Summer Love, which only a few left. Summer, it's summer beer, but da, it's delicious. Da, da, da. What about you, Jess? What are you drinking? Straight moonshine? I'm drinking water because I'm trying sobriety. Oh, Jess. I know. Well, now, we have to can- now we have to stop the show and re-record with someone who's been drinking. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're, um, whatever. We don't need to talk about it. I'm sure you're doing fine over there. <laughs> in some way in some way shape or form heroin is what, is what i'm referencing obviously um what about status moments let's go back to debate topics uh, the whole thing the whole thing yeah that, that's the problem with these it's really hard to yeah. pick one uh but um, i i actually had a couple and i i wanted to point one out and specifically in specifically it's not a phrase specifically because i you think we all usually go pretty light on andrew yang because he is yeah, he's a funny guy. He doesn't seem like a normal politician. He seems kind of pretty likable, like, you know, aside from the actual positions. But, well, and Andrew Yang did say a few good things tonight, you know, legalizing uh, heroin. But he said something within that. Wait, what, um, he said, what did he say? He, he was for, he, 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 well, he agreed he was um, for uh, legalizing, you know, personal usage of opiates, including heroin. It was a debate. It was a question that was asked to him, and he confirmed, yes, I am for that. Uh, but he, so they just outright asked him a question. Ah, are you for legalizing heroin? No, it, it's based on a statement he had previously made about his, his support for legalizing, like you know, you know, personal use oh, of wow. drugs, including opiates. So I mean, I totally appreciate that part. But then he yeah. said something else as part of that. He said the opiate problem is capitalism run amok, and I was just like record scratch. I'm like, wait, what? I mean, the opiate problem is not capitalism run amok. The opiate problem is a is a combination of of you know the, the banning of drugs the war on drugs run amok combined with the state controlling you know opiates and recommending mm-hmm. higher prescriptions of opiates and that sort of thing but you know th- that was just, just such a um, mischaracterization of the issue that it really i had to i had to make note of it anything else so when kamala harris said she would use an executive order to buy back guns i was like oh most status moment writing that one down here we go yeah, and she she was like, well, well no, I think I was I mixed up with Elizabeth Warren, who who was saying like, who was it? Oh, she was saying I work in the Obama administration and I know what what things we can do with Congress and what we can do by executive order. And let me tell you something: we're gonna do a whole bunch by executive order. She didn't do the the shitty dance moves or anything like I was, but the gist was there. Yeah, she uh, it, it's a shame, you know, Kamala Harris. She checks all the boxes to be, you know, the front-running Democratic candidate. She's a woman. She's a minority. Um, she's very well-spoken. Except she's, but oh, just she's well-spoken her, in terms of, yeah, she can make sentences, but... She has a, a, I mean, and I might get crushed by this by our female listeners. I don't know, but she has a bad case of the old uh, resting bitch face that it's just, <laughs> it's hard to get over. It's, it's hard to get why. over. That. I don't think our female listeners will be upset by it. I don't know. <laughs> Someone Does else that, would that upset you, Jess? 
as a female know, listener, please comment. <laughs> she's got the strong woman who can make a rant, but always flubs it. Like she could really like if I were a she child, should be the front runner. And she's not at all. If Kamala Harris yelled at me and I was a little kid, I would pee my pants. But as an adult, I'm just mm. like I don't take her seriously, and I don't think anybody else does. She does sort of scold on on the issues, like like she's scolding a child. That that is, I think that's the accurate yeah. way to put it. So maybe ch- children will be like, "Oh, okay, Kamala Harris, I get it." But children don't vote, and I feel like adults are just going to look at her. And the polls seem to indicate this because she's not doing that great in the polls. Are like, well, no, we can't take you seriously. We, I can't. I mean, so yeah, she should be the front runner, honestly. If if you just look at the surface. But when you actually see her perform in a debate, she's so unpersuasive and so uncharismatic. And I, I just, I, before this whole thing started, I, I saw her as I thought she would be the, the candidate because it didn't seem like the media uh, was behind her. And they, they probably still would like her to be. But the more I see of her, the more I think she just doesn't have what it takes to, to even, you know, to, to make it that far. Let's talk about abortion. Sure. That always livens things up. So Kamala Harris's abortion answer was for Democrats, I think, a very well-messaged response. And so I think she's going to get kudos from the pro-choice community on that one. Could you recap Um, that response for the the audience at home? That Basically, women should have the right to choose and nobody should take a woman's choice away. Um, Isn't that what they all, don't they all agree on that? (laughs) Yeah, but her response was very eloquent and I thought it came off really well. But did you Snapchat Kelsey, that response? Mm, I might effect. have. I might have. I did so much Snapchatting. <laughs> um, Tulsi said that she does not think abortions in the third trimester should be legal, which floored yeah. me. I couldn't believe I was I was surprised that. to hear her go out of her way to say that. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah. So I think, I think Tulsi's toast. Like the Democrats are just going to destroy her and that like, they're, think, they're so, so upset with her. Do you her. think most Democrats are in favor of third trimester abortion? I don't think they are. Like, I think the Democratic Party has gone so far left and on abortion. And even the DNC chairman says that they are 100% pro-choice, that nobody should take away a woman's right to choose. And... Um, yeah, so I think the I think abortion has been really a Democratic Party issue that they have swept up and made their issue, and they're trying to coalesce female voters around pro-choice. And- I think the average like Midwest like the the blue state voter that ultimately the Democrats have not blue state voter, but the, the, you know, well, the- let's talk about Iowa w- women in Iowa. That's that's what's going to determine so much right. of this election. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. Uh, do they do they feel that way? I, like like I think I feel like the the third semester tri abortion, third semester tri abortion. <laughs> this is why drinking makes it so much more fun. I say things like tri abortion. It's when you have three abortions <laughs> at once. It's really that's that's it's actually shockingly legal in Alabama. I'm not sure why, but that's that's actually on their books. That it's the only kind of abortion that's legal. So try <laughs> like if you have three that we consider a discount, it's such a good deal that we have to allow it. Uh, I forget what I was trying to say. Oh yeah, that most—I don't think most Americans cling to, especially the 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 of the states the Democrats need to win to defeat Donald Trump, cling to like that that far of a view of abortion. You know, in fact, I think that probably a lot of them are turned off by people that would say that third message abortion should. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else talking about this because I, I can only say tribortions. Voters are the show is a tribortion. That's, that's the title of the episode. Yes, it is the tribortion. Abortion is definitely an issue that splits voters, and it's going to be coming up again. Yes, in three ways. Um, Right now, they're oh my God. they're kind of really not making abortion a huge issue at the moment because it's going to be a wedge issue later in the election when it's red versus blue. So it's not the biggest deal right now. They're more like talking about Medicare for all. But we're going to see it later in 2020. It's What's crazy is we're still a year out from 2020. And the 2020 debates between the presidential candidates don't start until September, like late in September. And they're, they're like every single week. It's ridiculous. Yeah, there's like so three like, weeks in a row, yeah. which I'm just frightened about. There's we're going to have to divide those hosting duties three ways. We're going to have to so, tri-board those. those 
we're a little less than a year out from when we see the hopefully multiple candidates from major part from the parties. Hopefully we'll have multiple candidates in uh, the debate. Why, why don't we pivot to that that side conversation for a yeah. minute, Jess, since you are one of the few, very few played employees oh. of the Libertarian Party. And when members sign up at lp.org slash Lions of Liberty, they can rest easy knowing that not only do we here at Lions of Liberty get a small kickback from that, but some of that salary will go towards you and your efforts for liberty. So what a wonderful thing that is. So why don't you give your thoughts okay. on I can, it? I can guilt trip this even more. Oh, Come here, Kevin. It. Please do. Come here, Kevin. Oh, my God. We're getting dog. We're getting dog. Jess is uh, talking to her dog. Whose name Kevin. is Kevin, you, by the way? This is Kevin. <laughs> named after Kevin McAllister from Home Alone, I believe. If you would like to have Kevin live his best life, please. I thought you were, gonna, I thought you were about to sell Kevin. <laughs> if you'd like to have Kevin, he's available for a, about $600. If you'll donate today, you can own Kevin. <laughs> you could. He's really bad. How much, how much would someone have to donate to the LP for to have Kevin? Oh my gosh. I think if they just told me they'd take really good care of him and give him a backyard. They like no money it. even? What? <laughs> no. I'm not doing a good sales no. job here, Jess. Not, I I was, yeah. So anyways, if anyway. you join the Libertarian Party um, at lp.org slash Lions of Liberty and become a dues pound member, and I'm going to pitch why people should join the party right now. I'm just going to hijack your uh, program. Yeah. This is what I set you up for, of course. Wonderful. Um, so the Libertarian Party is America's fastest growing political party. It's the only party that's poised to take on the two-party system in 2020. We're going to have 50 state plus D.C. ballot access. We did it in 2016, so it's going to be the second time around in 2020. And if you want to see the Libertarian Party grow, we need your resources. It is a third political party. And the one thing that's really holding the party back is financial resources. We have a lot of things we need to do. Our website needs to be refreshed. Um, We need some additional team members for things like communications. Um, Those are things that are right now just being staffed by multiple people. So if you could um, join the party with a modest donation of $25, we ask for a $25 donation once a year. Um, I first joined the Libertarian Party in 2008 because the state chair of my Libertarian Party of Ohio asked me to. And at that point in time, I was a college student. And I said, dude, that's Chipotle visits four times. Like, <laughs> I don't want to give $25. Understand how many burrito bowls I can get. For <laughs> yeah. And it's just like now it's only three Chipotle visits because of inflation. So, um, but anyways, like, just think about it. $25 isn't a whole lot out of your monthly budget. And I made it when I was in college. And I um, later on became a lifetime member of the party, donated $1,500 to become a member for life. But that was when I had some um, more means. Um, so it's just, a, if you want this party to continue, if you want it to grow, it does require an investment. Um, less than 1% of voters will ever donate to a political cause or candidate. So if you're out there and you haven't donated to the party, just realize there's so few people willing to donate to a political cause. And you have to realize like political (laughs) political causes are really underfunded and it's really hard to raise money in politics. So know that that it's difficult and that your funds are needed. And so that's all I'm going to say about that. And just to go and just to add a little bit more on top of that, like, for $25, you can probably, in a lot of states, I mean, I know last convention, the delegate slots weren't all filled. So you can join the party right now, join your state party, join your local LP to go to your state convention next year, get elected a delegate, come to the national convention, and you could be sitting there making deci- decisions, decide who. You could be sitting uh, right next to party. John Odermatt. Imagine that he would be looking right up, could sit this, right this next gel to back hair. I mean, imagine this life right next to Mark Claire. His waving hair will be hitting you, you in the eyes. In your eye, him. you might be picking it out of your eye. This could happen to you. This could be your life. People. It could happen, and we're, we're we're all going to be there next year too, doing a live show from there. Probably everyone on this call will. I hope Howie will be, but you know he might not make it to any of the things that we're describing. You yeah, know, but. probably. More valuable than your time. And of course, I invite everyone to become a member, a, a member, a basic member. It's a $25 a year annual donation. But more valuable than your financial contribution is your times and your time and talent. So if you go on to lp.org slash states and look up your state party, 
Um, there's likely you might have a county affiliate or there may not be one in your county. And we really need help organizing in mm -hmm. preparation for 2020. The best way you can help a person become a libertarian presidential president. Okay. <laughs> <President's> president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> libertarian Candidate. president. Candidate. The, the best way to get somebody to become the president as a libertarian is to have an organization because we cannot afford at this time million dollar ad buys. Um, now, Gary Johnson's campaign was able to pull off some million dollar ad buys because there were major big donors. We'll see how things unfold for 2020. But um, we need to have more grassroots. Like, I know you guys were really inspired by the Ron Paul movement. And the Ron Paul movement was basically people holding cardboard signs in intersections and going to like rallies. So and sharing oh, videos on MySpace. That's what I did. And making videos on the internet. Um, so I know there was like Ron Paul flicks and stuff like that. So I think we're going to see some really cool ways that we can do some grassroots campaigning in 2020. But the foundation for that starts like five days ago or like five years ago or just it, five hours ago. But the best time to start is now check and see if there's a libertarian organization in your county. And if not, see if you're interested in being a leader and being somebody who's going to build the infrastructure that's going to make somebody a, pres a president one day. And getting involved in political campaigns is actually a lot of fun and really rewarding and very challenging. So it teaches you so many different leadership skills. Um, and you can really apply your knowledge and what you're interested in doing into some campaigning. And also libertarians campaign after party better than anybody else. That's a fact. That cannot be done. We have fun. Yeah. The and there, there's an open bar. Not open bar. You got to pay for your drinks. But there's a bar at the convention. You just walk outside, year. get a there, beer. Yeah. Gosh darn better way be this year. Jess, I, I'm curious, like, uh, just one thing on the same topic. What are what you mentioned, like, the possibility, hopefully other candidates. What are the actual, like, what is the pathway to actually getting, like, say, a libertarian? I, I think if any, if any candidate is going to get into a debate, libertarian would be the most likely of the other candidates unless someone's super rich somehow runs as an independent like wh what is the pathway for that actually happening is that something that, could, that you actually think can happen if we get enough support enough you know enough people or whatever you behind this movement yeah so there's a lawsuit and that was not successful with the commission on presidential debates so right now what we're going to need is a presidential candidate that is meeting the polling threshold in 2016 it was 15 percent and multiple polls that's really really high really high so we need somebody that is before our national convention getting name recognition out there and the public and telling people when here's the the main thing you need to know about polling and getting onto the debate stage is the message needs to be spread that when somebody gets a phone call a phone poll they need to say I'm Ron Paul 2020. <laughs> I'm voting for the libertarian. And if libertarian is not an option, they need to ask that polling polling person, I need your contact information and they need to report it to the party and say, this polling agency called me on this day and did not offer the libertarian party as a poll because we need to be watchdogs over these agencies because they're definitely not going to want us on the debate stage. So we have to be as vigilant as possible. So spread the word that if you get polled, say you're voting for the Libertarian, or if they won't give you that option, take their information, and um, we're all going to be Karens and talk to the manager. All right, one last plug. If you do decide to join the Libertarian Party, not saying you should, but I'm saying you might want to, lp.org slash Lions Liberty. Help your favorite Libertarian podcast while you're at it. Um, we have a lot of other random topics that I brought up, but I'm feeling like it's about time where we just sort of give our final thoughts on the whole matter. Do you guys agree with that? Sure, sure. I mean, you guys are three hours in the future, so I mean, yeah. you, you guys, it's a lot later for you than me, but um, my final thoughts are that sadly, well, okay, I, I think this is actually... Tulsi is not her best performance, but maybe her. I really did enjoy the the one moment where she was strongly going after Booty Judge and then Warren, who I think she sees as her biggest competition uh, on the on specifically the anti war issue. And I like that. To me, it seemed very obvious to at least anyone who's truly anti war that that moment of calling them out made it very transparent that those are they're both total phonies. I mean, Booty Judge as well, but they both tried to say, "Well, I'd love to be anti war." But, and then they go into the same classic arguments, and I think Booty Judge 
and Warren both to me came across as very fake. And that wouldn't have never come out if not for Tulsi uh, being there. Cause she was the only one that was ever going to call people like that out on it. So I appreciate of her being there. I do feel like it might be her last debate. I don't want it to be. What do you uh, think about her threat to boycott the, the debate? Odie, do you have comments on that? Yeah, uh, I, I thought that was uh, excellent persuasion. Um, that's how you get your name out there. You know, she got some headlines from it and she ended up participating. So I thought that was that was a good move. It can't hurt because she did get headlines and she was still on TV. I think it would have been foolish for her to follow through, but I like that she threatened the boycott, did it, the debate anyway, but then called them out live. But who knows what will mm-hmm. happen after this. I, I think I think they would love to not have Tulsi in debate. She might make it if she, you know, they can't deny her if they set a criteria and don't change the criteria and she meets it. They, I mean, they can, but... Um, I think if they, I think she could meet it, but I think she is sadly one of the ones maybe not as likely to meet the next criteria, but I, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, Jess, final thoughts on Democratic final debates thoughts. in general. I Snapchat. was glad. Okay. Yeah. Definitely check out my Snapchat that I did on Twitter because it was so fun and hilarious. And there's one where it's like the baby filter and it's Elizabeth Warren and it's just amazing because she's so polished and it's like looks like she's a 13 year old so that one's great my it has the policies of a 13 year old but whatever and my, my final thoughts were i was really glad this wasn't a debate about trump all night this was more of a it was about the first 30 first 30 minutes and then yeah. they kind of let it go yeah it was it was more challenging their ideas and it was really flat um, quick beat we're losing we're losing just a bad wi-fi i think for the most part about democrats challenging areas rather than talking about donald trump oh and i'm done so great i think that worked out i think we all got the gist you were a little breaky uppy for me but yeah it broke up a little bit for me too but they got the gist people know what you're saying generally it wasn't about wasn't wasn't too much donald trump just just enough it was just enough trump (laughs) <laughs> and uh, my final thoughts are, I don't know how I'm going to do another. You already gave your final thoughts. What are my final thoughts? Perfect. Thank God. <laughs> I knew I was forgetting someone. I was like, was it me or was it Odie? I guess it was Odie. Here, go ahead. Even I mean, my final thoughts, I, I'm just glad that we're past another one of these debates. and Another one off the list. I, I, can't, I can't imagine another debate with the, you know, the same amount of participants. I pray to God that a few don't make it hopefully Tulsi is one that does make it but i don't know i'm not gonna hold my breath on that i think it's clear that the front runners are pretty well defined in in warren biden kamala and bernie but i I think bernie is more as we talked about earlier sort of just uh just a push and uh a face to be uh you know, to back and endorse the Warren campaign eventually. And I mean, I don't know if we're giving our final takes on who we think the, the nominee is going to be. I was actually th- going to say, why don't we toss in um, just, uh, and I'll go back to you, Jess. Why don't we toss in just, um, do, do you think any of these candidates could beat Donald Trump? And who do you think the, nom- the nominee will be? Just to quickly. Do you mean to do mine now? Or? Yeah, since you're already talking. Why not? Okay. Um, I, I would say right now, I don't think any of them have a chance of beating Donald Trump, save an economic collapse, um, especially, I think impeachment makes it even harder for them to beat Donald Trump because it's just going to coalesce his base uh, so much around him. Um, I think that Elizabeth Warren is the clear front runner and I can't really see anyone beating her unless something really changes. Biden does. I mean, I don't think Biden has it. He's losing steam. Bernie, we talked about everything he's going through health wise with, uh, you know, things going on in his family too. A lot he's dealing with there and he, he just doesn't, even though he seems to push this energy, the Bernie energy, he, he doesn't have it. So I used to be pushing the, uh, the, the Kamala Harris train, thinking that's what it was going to be, but she is just so freaky and unlikable. Unless it's hard she gets to predict a, how bad she would truly be. Unless she gets a personality transplant, which maybe that's possible. <laughs> I, I can't see her turning around. If Sultan Ishvan has his way, that will be very easy in the future. Uh, Jess, uh, yeah, answer those questions. I am going to um, amend my prior prediction that I have been sticking to from 2017 that Michelle Obama becomes the president. Are you finally letting this go? I'm amending it to Michelle Obama becomes the vice president with Elizabeth Warren. I think that's even more ridiculous theory than I think that's going to happen. There's no way Michelle Obama is jumping in as vice president. If she did jump in in the way you were predicting in the past, 
I think it would be as as the presidential candidate. There's no way she's doing backseat. Yeah, the vice president candidate's got to be weaker than the presidential fake candidate. Native American lady? Are you kidding me? Come on. They want. There's no way that the Democrats are going to be able to defeat Donald Trump. And Michelle Obama is the most popular woman in all of America. And that, that's why she would only be the the nominee were she to do it. I, I see. There's no way. Yeah. Be. Okay. Well, then maybe I'll stick with my yeah, prediction. Stick with your. Stick with your. Sure to yourself. Stick with your original thing. I came out with it in I think January of 2017. Michelle Obama, President 2020. All right. Well, we'll see. She's going to be on that ticket. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, since I didn't answer these questions earlier, uh, I do feel, I do, okay, well, we're going to address one more thing. Do you guys think that Hillary Clinton will get in? Because I didn't oh. think this is possible until God, her recent yeah. statements in the last week or two. She has said a couple things, and maybe she's, she's just being Hillary Clinton and trying to get headlines, but she has said a couple things that sort of imply that she feels she could come in and take this thing no problem if she wanted. And she might be able to, honestly. Um, Sadly, it's, she probably. I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. She, why? Why else would she be saying this stuff? I mean, what else does she have? Does she have anything to gain from inserting herself now and going back and forth with Trump on Twitter? Maybe she's testing the waters. Sure, seems like she's getting ready to jump in. I, I don't know. I I don't think she'll win the nomination though. If she does, I think it would be the worst thing that could happen to the. I think Warren could stave her off. I think that she would kill Joe Biden though. Maybe literally. If she jumped in, <laughs> she would literally push him in front of the train. <laughs> um, any thoughts on the Hillary Clinton thing? I, I never named my things, my answers, Jess. She's not coming back. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, I like the very, uh, very quick answer. Uh, I'm going to say, as of now, I would have to still say, Elizabeth, I, I'm going to agree with Odie and say Elizabeth Warren is the clear front runner. Uh, I, I think Biden's done. I mean, I, I do think he had his best night, but I think long term, he still he still is Joe Biden. He's the same Joe Biden who's run for president four times. He's the same Joe Biden that's going to go back to having a bunch of gaffes. He's the same Joe Biden that has the Hunter Thompson Hunter Hunter Thompson as his son, <laughs> Hunter Biden as his son. <laughs> and there's, I just don't see him lasting at the end of the day. Uh, I do feel like Elizabeth Warren has a good chance of winning Iowa, and the Democratic candidate always wins Iowa. So. At this moment, I feel she's the most likely, uh, but none of them have a chance to beat Trump. None of this current crop. Something crazy would have to happen, perhaps a huge economic crash or something of that nature. Uh, but under the current conditions, I don't see Trump losing. I, I just don't see it as possible. Will Trump be impeached? Possibly by the House, but he won't, he won't be removed. As yeah, he probably will be impeached by the House, but definitely not by the Senate. Yeah, there's no way he gets you know impeached that in, to the way yeah, that he won't he get gets, removed. He will not office. get removed from office now. Absolutely not. Anyway, I've had enough. Have you guys? <laughs> it's bedtime. It's bedtime. <laughs> it's, all right. it's late. Thank you, you guys all. Lives, if you're hearing this on Thursday on the, on the main lines Liberty feed, you're, you're silly because you could be hearing it earlier. You could be hearing it just after the debates by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash Lions Liberty for as little as $2 now, only $2 a month. You can see these live streams of these debates in our Facebook group and et cetera. And on the Zoom calls. So anybody that joins at $2 gets the, doesn't get all the bonus content, but you do get to see the live streams. And to me, um, that's worth, easy worth $2 to see Jess play her, her Snapchats back. I mean, that was $2 alone would be worth it. Um, but yeah, we will continue to do these. We committed to uh, doing a recap of every Democratic debate. And I guess we'll do all those three presidential debates in a row. Why? So you don't have to, because we love you. And we're glad that you're here. Glad you've supported us for all these years. And, uh, Glad that you're going to join the LP through our link at lp.org slash Lions Liberty. Guys, my voice is literally dying. So I'm going to end the show. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you, Jess Mears. Thank you, Odie. Uh, We'll see you. We'll see you. Bye. See you. Bye.